0: It's a joy to be able to gather back around God's Word together this morning, and so I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word and join me in Acts chapter 16. Uh, We're going to walk through verses 1 through 15 this morning in a message entitled, Whatever It Takes. I don't know if that's a phrase that you've ever used before, but I know a lot of people use that type of phrase as they're wanting to accomplish some goal And you look and you say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish this goal. Like, I want to lose 50 pounds, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Or maybe in sports, I want to accomplish this goal in sports. Uh, We want to win a state championship. Or if you're Georgia and you're like me, a fan, we want to do whatever it takes to finally win a national championship. It's been since 1980 before I was born. Whatever it takes to make that happen. It's a phrase that we often use and a phrase that highlights that it doesn't matter what it takes to accomplish the mission. We're willing to do whatever it takes. As we look at the text this morning, that's what we're going to see taking place uh, in Paul and Timothy's life. We're going to be introduced to Timothy here in just a little bit, and we're going to see that that's the mindset that they take regarding completing the mission that God has given them to accomplish. And so I want to read for us the text of this morning. It's going to be on your screen for you to see, and then we're going to walk back through it together. So let's look Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. Luke writes, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily." And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis. And from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul, and after she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we'd be able to see, that you would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. As we dive into Acts chapter 16 this morning, I want you to write down this main idea. It will frame our time together as we look at the text, as we seek to understand exactly what's going on, and then later to apply that into our own lives. So here's the main idea. There is no limit to what God can do through someone who is sold out to his mission, sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, and willing to share the gospel boldly. So let's unpack that a little bit as we walk through the text, beginning back at verse 1 of Luke uh, where Luke writes in Acts chapter 16, he says, Paul came to Derbe and Lystra, and there was a man there. There was a disciple whose name was Timothy. This is our first introduction to Timothy, and we are going to see that Timothy plays a vital role with Paul in his ministry throughout the rest of the book of Acts. And so Timothy is, is discovered by Paul here, and it's said about Timothy that he was the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer but his father was Greek. Now, this was a big deal because Timothy would have been considered a half-breed. He was half-Jew on his mother's side, but then his father was Greek. His father was Gentile. And so there would have been uh, in the Jewish people's mind looking at Timothy that he didn't quite measure up to their standard. He wasn't quite as good as them. And so as a result of this. Uh, He's being well spoken of by the brothers. Paul looks and he says, listen, I'd like to use Timothy and I would like to carry him with me on these journeys that I'm about to make to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, both to the Jews as he goes into a city, but also to the Gentiles. And so it says that he takes Timothy in verse 3 and he circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. Now, let's just pause for a second because that's a little strange. Uh, it's a little weird that this takes place in this passage of scripture because we're coming on the heels of what happened in Acts chapter 15. And so, if you remember what we talked about in Acts chapter 15, as Paul and Barnabas are sharing the gospel in Gentile areas as the Gentiles, those who are not Jews, became believers. uh, There were some Jewish people who came into the churches and began to teach them that they had to not only trust Jesus for salvation, but they had to do some type of work like circumcision or like following the law to actually truly be saved. And we talked about that over the past couple of weeks that that's not the case at all that Jesus plus nothing else equals salvation. And so here what's interesting is that on the heels of that Paul Takes Timothy and circumcises him. Now, I want you to notice that it's not because uh, of anything related to Timothy's salvation. That's not it at all. In fact, Paul is very clear why he does this. He does not want this issue to become a stumbling block for the Jewish people that Timothy was going to encounter on these missionary journeys. And so he looks and he says, Timothy, we need to take this step to remove a stumbling block that could prevent the message of the gospel from reaching teaching the hearts of the Jewish people. And so he looks and he says, this is a step that we need to take. And they do take that step. In fact, Paul takes him aside. He circumcises him and he takes him along in this ministry journey. And as a result of that, what we see happening is in verse four, they went on their way through the cities. They delivered to these cities, these places that they were going into, often Gentile areas, the decisions that had been reached about the message of the gospel, that it was Jesus alone that was necessary for salvation. In verse five, the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. So if you're taking notes, write down this about verses one through five. Paul and Timothy were sold out to the mission. Paul and Timothy were sold out to the mission. In fact, you could look at what's going on here in these first five verses and basically say Paul and Timothy are willing to do whatever it takes for the message of the gospel to reach people's hearts. So much so that Paul, Took Timothy and circumcised him. That Timothy was willing to endure that so that a stumbling block would not be put up as he was seeking to share the gospel with the Jewish people as they were going into cities. Remember that Paul would first go into the synagogues in these cities and try to share the gospel with his Jewish brothers and he would try to win them for Christ. And oftentimes, as he was kicked out of that, he would go then to the Gentiles of the city and share the gospel. And so this is a picture, a, a moment where we see Paul and Timothy both being willing to do whatever it takes to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we continue to look at the text in verses 6 through verse 10, what we're going to see is Paul and Timothy were sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So look with me, beginning in verse six, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden, listen to this, by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So we see a roadblock pop up as they're seeking to fulfill the mission that God's called them to fulfill. A roadblock comes up. The Holy Spirit blocks their way to be able to share the gospel in Asia. Not only that, verse 7, when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Roadblock number two. So Paul and Timothy and Silas is with them as well. And we'll find out in just a second. Luke is with them as he says the phrase, we, that's the author of the book of Acts. These people are trying to go into these locations and there's roadblocks being thrown up. The Spirit is preventing them from going in to these places. But what we see happening in verse 8, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there and he was urging Paul saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And listen, verse 10, when Paul had seen the vision, immediately, this is what Luke writes, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I want you to notice how sensitive these men, these believers are to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Roadblock number one, the Spirit doesn't allow them to go into Asia. Roadblock number two, the Spirit doesn't allow them to go into Bithynia. And then the open door swings wide for them to go in to Macedonia. And Paul, after seeing a vision, realizes that this is where the Lord is leading us, into Macedonia, into this region, and we're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ there. There's an open door for us. And they were sensitive as they walked through that the Spirit of God leading them where he wanted them to minister. As we continue looking at the text this morning, verses 11 through verse 15, we see Paul and Timothy shared the gospel boldly. So look in verse 11, setting sail from Troas. It says they made a direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis. So they are going in the direction of Macedonia. So they go into this city called philippi so the book of philippians that paul would write to this church later this is where he enters into philippi and begins to share the gospel here it's a leading city among the district of macedonia it's a roman colony and he says we remained in this city some days and on the sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside where we suppose there was a place of prayer and we sat down and we spoke to the women who had come together." Now this is an interesting thing because in the city of Philippi, there was no synagogue. So. Remember, we said this before, that oftentimes Paul would first, as he entered into a city, go to the synagogue, that's the Jewish place of worship, and share the gospel there, where there was no synagogue here. And what we find out in uh, some of the extra-biblical literature about this is that if there wasn't a synagogue in a city, that the Jewish people who did live in that city were to find a place and to designate it as a place of prayer where the Jewish people could gather. And so Paul says, no synagogue, but there is a place of prayer, and this is where those who are seeking the Lord are gathering. And so we're going to go there, we're going to camp out, and we're going to share the gospel with whoever shows up. And so here, what we see in verse 14, one who heard us was a woman named Lydia. And it describes Lydia that she was from the city of Thyatira, and that her occupation was a seller of goods. She was one who sold fine purple garments. And so she is gathered in this place. She's from Thyatira, but she's moved to Philippi to carry on the work for her business. And she is a worshiper of God is what the text says. So she has got some type of heritage as a Jewish follower there. And so she is in this location because this is a designated place for prayer. She is seeking the Lord Paul and crew show up on the scenes and they share the gospel of Jesus Christ with Lydia and those who are gathered with her. And amazingly, what we see happen is she responds by faith to the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. So Paul and company preach the gospel to them, share the gospel with them, and it says that Lydia trusts Jesus as her Savior. She follows that up with declaring that transformation in her life by following in baptism. And then it says that those who were with her also did the same thing. So those who were probably part of her inner circle, her uh, household, those maybe who are even servants within her household, were willing to follow in believers' baptism. They too trusted in Jesus as their Savior. And notice what happens as a result. Lydia says to Paul and his crew, she says, listen, come and stay at my house. What's interesting about this is that we find out that Lydia's house is the exact location of the church beginning to meet in Philippi. And so Paul would write later in his letter to them and praising her for opening her home and for allowing the church to thrive as a result of having a gospel presence in that city. It's interesting that as we look at what's taking place, as the gospel is continuing to pierce into the darkness, as it does here in Philippi. We have Paul and Timothy willing to do whatever it takes to reach people who don't know Jesus Christ with the gospel so that their lives can be transformed. And so as we take a few minutes to worship again together, I want you to reflect on that passage of scripture that we just covered this morning. What does it take to reach people who are far from God with the gospel of Jesus Christ? And what may God be calling us to do as a result of where he's placed us in this community we call home. So let's worship together, and then we'll gather back around the word and talk about some application. So as we gather back around God's word and think about some application in our own lives, let me just remind you of the main idea that we said framed our time together this morning in Acts chapter 16, verses one through 15. And think about this as it applies to your life. There is no limit to what God can do through someone who is sold out to his mission, who is sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, and who is willing to share the gospel boldly. So that's easy for us to take and to break that apart as we see what's going on in the text and just ask of ourselves some pertinent questions that the text brings out. For us, We said in verses 1 through 5 that Paul and Timothy were sold out to the mission. And so the question comes back on to us as followers of Jesus. Are you sold out to the mission of making disciples? When we began our journey through the book of Acts, that's what we were talking about. That's the mission that Jesus left his disciples with, that we are called to make disciples. We are called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who don't know him so that their lives can be transformed just like our lives have been transformed. And so that's the question for us. Are we sold out to that mission? Now, sold out's an interesting word to use, isn't it? I mean, are we willing to do whatever it takes? to accomplish that mission of making disciples. As we think about that, here's a a follow-up question to that. What should I lay down to help me be sold out for the message of the gospel to go forth? Like, What are some things in my life that, that if I laid these things down, it would allow me to focus in on what God has called me to do? What we saw in the text was that there was a stumbling block that Paul and Timothy felt would keep the gospel from being able to go to the Jewish people. And what are the things in your life that may keep the gospel from going forth to the people that it needs to go forth to? I just want to press in a little bit here and and ask you just to think about what are some things that are going on in your life or what are some things that maybe are taking place um, in your life, maybe on social media or whatever, that would be a hindrance or a stumbling block to someone looking and listening to you as you share the gospel with them. Listen, I am i'm I'm heartbroken at the way in which social media has kind of taken a turn. and I, it's probably been going on like that, but I it's been amplified in this season. But here's a question for you. Is it worth it for you to make a political point, or is it more important for you to reach someone with the gospel? Is it more important for you to be right in an argument, or is it more important to be able to reach someone? With the gospel. And let me just press in really hard right here. Politics and the gospel are not the same thing. They're not the same thing. And so, if you are willing to sacrifice an opportunity to share the gospel or to live out the truths of the gospel for someone to see your life, and the hindrance to you doing that is you uh, posting things or you saying things, then it may be a great indication that you need to lay that down so that what's most important is for you to live on mission doing what God's called you to do, for you to be sold out to that. So maybe you need to lay some things down in your lives. Maybe for you, your schedule is so packed with things that you're doing. Maybe travel ball's doing that for you. I want to challenge you parents to just think about that for just a second. One of the greatest places that you can share the gospel and seek to make disciples is within your own home. And if you have so committed yourself to doing things outside of plugging into the life of the local church, and you are wholesale committed to those things, you likely are not going to be able to be sold out for the mission that God's called you to accomplish in your own home. And I wanted you to just know your kids see that. They know what is most important to you. They know what you are valuing because of where you're spending your time and where you're spending your money. And maybe for you, you need to make that choice to lay that down. There may be some things that you need to lay down in your life so that you can remain sold out to the mission that God has called you to fulfill. Not only are there some things that you may need to lay down, there's some things that you may need to pick up as well. One of those, I think, is just a very simple mindset issue. The fact that we are called to live on mission, meaning that we are missionaries. I've said this before, never let your vocation, that's your job, get in the way of your primary calling as a believer. Your primary calling is to make disciples. Your job may take you in a number of different directions, but your calling never changes as a follower of Jesus Christ. So when you are in the workplace, regardless of where that workplace is, God's called you to live on mission. And maybe for you, that thing that you need to pick up to be sold out to the mission is that mindset that... God, you have placed me where I am. You've placed me in this job. You've placed me in this neighborhood. You've placed me in this circle of friends. You've placed me in this circle of influence. And help me see that as my mission field. Help me to take on the job description and the calling as a missionary who is sold out to accomplishing the mission that you've called us to accomplish. So that's a great question for us to think about as we look at verses 1 through 5. But as we look at verses 6 through 10, as we see that Paul and Timothy were sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, a simple question that we can ask of ourselves is, are we sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Are you sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Now, it's funny in church circles sometimes when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, everybody's good with God the Father, everybody's good with God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and things get a little squirrely. But I want you to just know that the Spirit speaks to us in the primary way of God's Word. And so as you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, one of the greatest ways you can hear from the Lord day in and day out is to spend time in God's Word. It's one of the greatest ways that you can stay in tune with what the Spirit is calling you to do is to spend time in God's Word. That is the primary way that you are going to hear from the Lord on a consistent basis. We've talked about this before and I've shared this with you that there are some simple steps that you can take. There are some simple questions that you can answer to make sure that you are spending time daily in God's Word. One is, what's the plan? What are you going to be reading? What passage of scripture? What Bible reading plan? What's the plan? Number two, where's the place? Where are you going to do this? Uh, for uh, For me, I've told you before that my place is in a chair in my office at home. That's my place. I go there in the mornings, first thing, and that's where I spend time in God's Word. So what's the plan? What's the place? And then what's the time? When are you going to do this? And for me, it's early morning. For you, it may be during the middle of the day, or it may be late at night, but whatever that time is, make sure that you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life, and one of the primary ways that God speaks is through His Word. So take the time to spend in God's Word. Here's some other ways that the Holy Spirit leads and guides us as believers. One of those is through other believers, through other believers speaking into our lives, Now, I hope that as we gather together on Sunday mornings and I preach God's Word to you, that's one of the ways that me as a fellow believer is able to encourage you and to maybe say some things to you, to challenge you in some areas, to provide some points of application for you to be able to hear and to listen and to be led by the Spirit as you're hearing God's Word as it's preached. So there are other believers that are in your life who God often uses to speak truth to you, to prompt you, to encourage you, to challenge you, to help you see some things sometimes maybe that you would not see. So God speaks through his word. God speaks through other believers. God also speaks through promptings and burdens that the Spirit places on our hearts. And so as the Lord opens our hearts up and and we are prompted or we are burdened to take action on something, then God's called us and God's given us his spirit to lead us in taking action. I've had times in my life where I've been in conversations with people and just felt a prompting of the Lord. Michael, this is an opportunity for you to share hope with this person. And sometimes even just walking by someone, uh, there's been moments where the Lord's uh, just impressed on me, God, you need, Michael, you need to take this opportunity and to speak to this person, to encourage them, to challenge them. I've had people do that in my life and they just say, Michael, I just felt led by the Lord to encourage you or to pray for you. And so I want to encourage you in that as you are sensitive to God's word being lived out in your life as you are listening to other believers, to also listen to those promptings, those burdens that God places on your heart and respond as the Spirit is leading in those areas. And then as we see in the text, and and I want us to be careful as we talk about this, and anything outside of Scripture needs to be filtered through the Scriptures, And but God speaks at times through dreams and visions. That's what happened here for Paul as he is seeing this vision of this man of Macedonia who is calling them to come and share the gospel with them, sometimes the Spirit speaks through dreams or through visions. And personally, I've never had that experience, but I've talked to other believers who have had that experience and who have filtered what they have seen or filtered that dream through the scriptures and made sure that this is not just something that uh, I had some bad chili last night and that's what led to this, but they've actually submitted it to the Lord, submitted it to other believers and to Christian leaders and said, this is what I feel like the Lord said in this dream or how the Lord spoke to me in this dream or in this vision or whatever. And, and I'm going to take action as a result of that. Do you think this is from the Lord? So are you sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in these areas of your life? You know, one of the things that is we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I believe that we are going to see God swing open doors of opportunity for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people. And if we are sensitive to the Lord's leading, if we are sensitive to his word of understanding how great the message of the gospel is, how transforming it can be in someone's life, how it has transformed our lives, scripture reminds us of that truth of the good news that the message of the gospel is. It gives us this Uh, framework, this opportunity to allow the Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to prompt us and to press us as we seek to fulfill the mission that God's called us to fulfill. And so are you sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life? And then here's the third question I want to ask as we look at verses 11 through verse 15. Are you sharing the gospel boldly? You see, that's what they said is going on in Paul and and Timothy's life here, is they are gathered around with these women. Uh, It would have been an interesting thing, the fact that they were women who were gathered, because men and women oftentimes didn't speak to each other uh, because of the, the separation that was expected. And yet, Paul and Timothy, regardless, are sharing the gospel with these women who are gathered to pray. And so, in this moment, they boldly Share with them the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And so are you sharing the gospel boldly? Here's one of the questions that you can, uh, that you can look at is, where are the opportunities that the Lord has placed in your path to share the gospel? Um, are you looking for those opportunities? Let me just ask it this way too. Are you asking God to open doors of opportunity for you to share the gospel with other people? See, here's one of the things that I found this really interesting is that when I ask the Lord for an open door of opportunity to share the gospel with someone, God opens the door for me to share the gospel with someone. Uh, whether it's someone at the grocery store, at the gas station, or someone who's coming to work at our house, or whatever that may be, when I am sensitive enough to ask the Lord, God, would you open the door, open an opportunity up for me to share the gospel with someone, God swings open the door, often multiple times in a single day. And so maybe for you, you just need to ask the Lord, God, give me an opportunity today Give me an opportunity this week. Give me an opportunity to share the hope I've found in Jesus Christ with someone else. And maybe two, you need to ask the Lord to give you boldness. One of the interesting things about the Apostle Paul as he's writing to churches, oftentimes he'll say, pray for us that God would give us boldness to speak how we ought to speak. And maybe for you, that's a prayer that you need to utter on your own behalf. God, give me the boldness that when those doors of opportunity open up, that you will help me speak the words that I need to speak to this person who needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's the thing, as we look at the text, as we're reminded once again of the great mission that God has called us to as believers, as we focus in on Uh, Just this mindset that Paul and Timothy exerted here, that whatever it took to reach people with the gospel, we were willing to do whatever it took to make that a reality. Church family, my heart and my prayer is that we too, as a church, as individual believers, would take that mindset. God, whatever it takes to reach people who are far from you, we are willing short of sin to do whatever it takes for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go out of our lips and to be seen in our lives so that other people who are far from you can meet you in relationship. So here's what we're going to do over the next couple of minutes together is seeing a time of invitation together and an opportunity for us to simply respond to God's word this morning. Uh, To ask these questions of ourselves, to reflect on them, to respond to the Lord in this moment. Uh, I hope that this will give you an opportunity to come to the conclusion on your own that I am willing to do whatever it takes to reach people that God puts in my path with the gospel of Jesus Christ that can transform their lives. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this truth that we encountered this morning uh, this great visual that we're able to see lived out in the lives of paul and timothy here a mindset of whatever it takes whatever it takes short of sin to reach people with the gospel we're willing to do that may that be our heartbeat as individual believers as a church family that we are willing to do whatever it takes to reach people with the gospel of jesus christ to fulfill the mission you've called us to fulfill. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.